This is Help Wanted, the show that makes your work work for you. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm money expert Nicole Lappin. On Tuesdays, Jason and I answer the helpline and help callers solve their work problems. And on Thursdays, I give you one way to improve your work and build a career or company you love. And it starts now. I bet that right now you are trying to decide whether or not to do something. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. There's some decision that is ahead of you and it feels scary and risky. You're hesitant, unsure, afraid. Is it worth the risk? You don't know. And look, there's no way to guarantee success. (laughs) I wish there was. But there is something important that you are not considering right now as you try to make this decision. Today, I'm going to help you consider just that. And to start, I'm going to share how this helped someone land a big, big job and escape their haunted past. All right. For context, to understand this story, I do not usually get emails from former prison inmates. Just not not an audience I'm usually reaching. But I got one recently, and the guy was in a panic. I'm going to call him Steve. So Steve had stolen some things, and he served time, and he now wants to turn his life around. Finding a job was very, very hard. That is just a cold, hard fact for basically anybody who has served time. But he eventually landed some freelance work for a big company, which was really exciting, huge opportunity, and he threw himself into it, outworking everyone and getting noticed. After a few months, in fact, a senior leader at the company called Steve into his office and they talked for 20 minutes. Then the leader offered Steve a full-time job. So just fill out these forms, the senior leader told him, and we'll do a background check and then, you know, let's get to work. Uh, This sent Steve into a panic, as you might imagine. They didn't do a background check when he was a freelancer, so nobody knew about his past. And he really wanted this job. He was desperate for this job. He was good at it. He had earned people's trust. He had worked so hard, and now he was so close. But it could all blow up in his face. And this is why Steve emailed me. What should I do, he wrote me. Should I tell him about my conviction? Now, look, people come to me with all sorts of very personal questions, and I I always say I'm, I'm not an authority in whatever it is that you're dealing with. I, I don't want people to make decisions based solely on what I tell them. But I did tell Steve this. I said, look, I, I, I cannot tell you what to do here, but I will give you another question to ask yourself. And to appreciate that question, let's step back and consider this. Every decision, every decision that you face has two costs. I mean, when we decide to do something, we're really asking ourselves two questions. Question number one is, what's the upside to doing this? And question number two is, what's the downside to doing this? And these are fine things to explore, but the fundamental premise of those two questions is flawed because the evaluation is too limited because you're only asking yourself, what happens if I do this thing? But there's something missing. And this is the question functionally that I wanted Steve to ask himself, which is, what happens if you don't do that thing? That's what we fail to consider oftentimes. There are risks of action, but there are also risks of inaction. Every decision has a cost. 
either because of what we do or what we do not do. You cannot truly know the wisdom of a decision and therefore decide whether to make that decision until you explore the costs of not making the decision at all. And uh, this is something that I experienced myself. It's a very personal line of thinking. Because, well, here's one example. I, I spent most of my 20s living in Boston, dreaming of working at a magazine in New York. Then I was offered exactly that. I was offered a magazine job in New York. But honestly, I wasn't sure what to do because I had a happy life in Boston with friends I cherished and a girlfriend who I was living with at the time. So the cost of action felt clear. If I moved, then I would break up with that girlfriend and not see my friends as much. But then I talked to my parents, who helped me realize that there was a cost of inaction too. The cost of inaction, the cost of turning down that job, the cost of staying exactly where I was in Boston, was that, to start, there weren't many other magazine jobs in Boston, which meant that my work ambitions would feel very stifled very fast. And what happens after that? Well, I might start to resent my girlfriend for it, for staying there because of her. And my many friends would probably move away at some point anyway, because that's what people do. I mean, we were in our 20s. We hadn't gotten married, had kids yet. Life was going to change. I realized that the risk of inaction far outweighed the risk of action. So I took the job. I broke up with the girlfriend. I started a new life. And it all worked out really, really well. It is the life I cherish today. This mode of thinking can be applied endlessly. I'll just think about it. Are you in a relationship and unhappy with something but afraid to tell your partner because you don't know what will happen? Well, ask yourself, what are the risks of saying something and prompting some hard conversations versus the risks of not saying something and the situation only getting worse or never changing? Or let's say you're considering a career change. All right, ask yourself, what are the risks of taking that leap versus the risks of not doing it, just staying where you are indefinitely. So this is a version of what I told Steve, the former inmate. Remember the situation. Steve has this freelance job. It's going really well. He's been offered a full-time job. He desperately wants this job. They're going to do a background check. They are going to find out about his past. And Steve realized, once I shared this way of thinking with him, the risks of action versus the risks of inaction, he realized that the future was already set. He could tell his manager about his background, or he could wait for his manager to discover the news himself. But either way, his manager was going to find out. Action or inaction, both had the same outcome. Steve could not avoid it. But Steve could decide how his manager found out. Because if Steve took action and told his manager about his criminal background, then Steve had a chance to own the story. He could explain himself. He could humanize the situation. If Steve took no action, well, he would just wait until the background check came back. At that point, questions would be raised. Trust would be diminished. People would wonder, was Steve trying to hide this? Did he think we wouldn't find out? Now, the manager's reaction was unpredictable, of course. There's no way to know exactly what this person's going to do, but the risk of inaction seemed greater than the risk of action. So, Steve decided to be upfront about his past. He emailed me the night before he had planned to talk with his manager. Pray for me, he wrote. Then the next day, Steve sent me an update, and the talk went 
really well. The manager said Steve was brave for being upfront about it and that he appreciated Steve's honesty and that Steve would still get the job because Steve took action and now he has the opportunity he's always wanted. He can restart his life. Look, we can move or we can stand still. We can act or we can stand by. But no matter what we do, we cannot escape risk. Every decision contains consequence. Every moment defines the next. And sometimes the greatest risk comes from not doing the hard, scary thing. Because sometimes doing nothing just gets you nothing. And that comes from my newsletter. It's called One Thing Better. Each week, one way to be successful and satisfied at work and build a career or company that you love. I read them right here on the podcast, but if you want them in your inbox faster and to explore a community I'm building out of my newsletter readers, then you can go find it and subscribe at onethingbetter.email. The newsletter is called One Thing Better. The web address, just plug it into a browser, onethingbetter.email. So, are you going to do something with that information, or are you going to do nothing? (laughs) Choice is up to you. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. Thank you.